Hi everybody. Welcome back people to Creatives Exchange. Oh, we took some time off to really just go through and you know, sort through what's happening in our new normal. But I'm so excited to be back. Uh, for those who are new here, welcome to Creatives Exchange. Creatives Exchange is a conversational series where I like to connect with an array of prolific and innovative professionals in the industry about um, how we can push our industries forward in this new normal. And today I'm so excited to have Paola here, Finding Paola. She is the creator of the Haitian head wrap brand, Fum Jum. Um, and it looks like she's here, so I'm excited to invite her in. Let's see. Okay. Let's add her on in. Paola's here. All right, I wonder if this photo's still gonna be here when she comes in. How are you, lady? I'm doing well. Thanks. It's for... so good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank You're you for radiant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Inspired me with the blue, the blue liner. <laughs> I'm actually wearing blue right now, but it's are you? Dark. Oh, on the underline. Okay. The lighting. Oh wow! I'm so happy that you're here. I know it's been um, a really interesting time. So thank you for taking time to join me and speak with me. Um, and, you know, I usually do my live series weekly and I've taken two weeks off to really just digest what exactly is happening um, in our world right now. So thank you. Um, with that being said, I want to just start off here and get this show on the road. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> That's a loaded question these days. <laughs> but today I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot to digest in this year so far. Um, I, I still fully don't know how to articulate how I feel either. So don't feel, don't feel bad about not having an answer for that. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with fashion and then we'll go into what's really happening right now. I want to know, how did you start getting into fashion? Like what brought you into your fashion career? What led to this point? of you being a fashion influencer? I think it's weird to even think I have, it's strange for me to say that I even have a career in fashion, although that's what it is. Yeah. Just because I've never taken the traditional path. There are a lot of things about fashion that I'm not afraid to say that I don't know. Um, and there's a, there are a lot of things about fashion that I found out through running a business for six years. Um, and the business came out of a necessity, really. And I also want to say that personal style is very different from the business of fashion, as we all know it. Yeah. And I think what got my business, what launched it, aside from being really passionate about the storytelling behind it, is that my personal style has always been um, a factor and driving the brand and even and we can all agree that you can go anywhere in the world and even people without much 
can be stylish, right? You can oh find on the bus somewhere in the middle of the Caribbean and you can find, you can see style. And, and a lot of fashion is inspired by real people, you know, putting things together <laughs> um, and, and seeing color and seeing texture. Um, and I think to me, that's what it's always been. And of course, in recent years with, um, of course, the more you're exposed to it, the more you're interested in it. And having been in rooms where I've been invited to different shows during fashion week, then of course I became more and more into who is doing this or like right. what materials or what is quality really like, right? But before that, to me, it was just a matter of expressing yourself and it still is. Um, but the business itself is a whole other. It's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> yeah. So. And I think your medium, your medium specifically is color and texture. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you live in color. And I think that's why I related it so much to fashion is just because how you express yourself, whether it's through, you know, your head wraps, how you put your looks together, you know, your portraits with when you're playing with with um, different backdrops or like flowers or plants. So I just automatically put that in the um, in the category of fashion, because to me, that's that's what it that's what it is. So with that being said, like, what are some of the um, obstacles that you faced in this industry, being an influencer in this industry? I hate the word influencer. I really I mean, do. I know, I know, I, but you, but you do influence but, people. <laughs> but it is a title that I, I, I've gotten, I've got to be more comfortable with, just because it has opened so many doors with me. But I would say recently I signed a contract um, with a well-known agency, and they had the word influencer in it, and I had them remove it and put creative because yeah. I find myself more of a creative than someone. Um, who's constantly trying to influence people to buy things, and and I feel like there to me the the word what it means versus what it translates to are two different things. Um, but as a creative in this industry in general, my number one priority has always been to remain authentic to who I am, no matter what. Um, and like I said, in recent years, um, I've been into rooms I never would have imagined I would be in. And I remember both shaking with excitement, but also, um, I don't know, also kind of um, feeling as if, or, or questioning it all, like being excited about something, but, but also not trusting it all together always asking myself why I'm here really. How does my story really fit in with everyone else's story around me? Am I being, am I invited in this room because I am the diversity check mark or am I really talented? Right. Am I really um, this person who has started this company that people respect? You know, I always ask myself these questions whether you know, it's a gap campaign or a rent, like a random trip in Paris with the champagne brand, right? Yeah. Why really? And I would ask the people who bring me here. Like, why know? am I here? <laughs> right, right. Why am I invited? Um, because to me, 
I think being invited is one thing, but wanting to invite someone is another thing, right? And it's always been, for me, I've always been focusing my career on always making, making sure that I feel 100% myself no matter what. So I'd rather spend time creating spaces where I feel full versus stepping into a space that may seem glamorous or exciting, but I feel either, I feel diminished. Like I don't feel completely myself. So that's, I feel like the past three years, I really, you know, like I've taken some trips or I've been into rooms where I've always, I literally have to ask myself that. And now I stop asking myself that because I really, um, think it's unfair to me and all of my hard work in the past maybe 10 years always trying to find my voice and sharing my colors um, to doubt my talents um, although I do feel like I'm still learning um, but it is you can feel the difference when you're truly wanted somewhere and when you're just there because they need some color in the room right um, but <laughs> I just think it's it's been and 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 maybe I'm just being unreasonable too with that term. Someone said imposter syndrome. And every time I, I I say I do anything and I feel like everything I've been doing for the past ten years and I started from Jum six years ago and that was before the term influencer and I've always been consistent with what I've been doing and now that term I feel like is undermining everything that I've done. Because I don't think I wake up and I say, oh, okay, how do I put together this pretty image? It's more about what does this image really mean to me and who am I speaking to? Those are right. two different things, right? And again, it's really just up to me to just own it and redefine it how I want to redefine it because I've signed some big contracts with it. And I'm just like, okay, you're paying me enough. I'm just right. fine. I'm going to show up and make it my own, right? Right. So, um but it's always been, I, I think I, I always intentionally try to never describe myself as that. Because, I mean, it's, it's really hard for someone to just call themselves an influencer. I think. An influencer. Um, I, I like creative better. <laughs> right. Because, you know, like, for example, if I sign a contract, let's say, for a wine company, and it's a year long, it's, it's, it's for over a year, I'm an ambassador. And I have to come and implement um, that wine into different scenarios. So essentially, I'm, and, and I have to say, okay, so not only, you know, and this is a real example. I was um, an ambassador for this amazing wine company, and they used to sponsor my events, which was great. And also, I had to create content for them um, during specific times of the year so the year, one yeah. of them was summer entertainment one of them was like i don't know friendsgiving whatever it is essentially you're like the creative director for whatever each post is and you put something together it has to be compelling it has to kind of match what you're doing right what you were already doing um and i've always been the kind of person who only sign contracts with companies and promote things that i already have been doing and so like so if you're scrolling through you're never like oh like this is that's like, new or that's an ad right it just falls right in 
So it's just been very interesting. Um, just because to me, I purposely do less in, in, in terms of partnerships like this, just because I always want to keep my authentic voice. And just because I always say if big companies want to pay me a lot of money pr to promote their stuff, there's no reason I shouldn't believe in myself to promote my own things and to spend the time on the things I really believe in. So of course, the big companies that have hired me, I'm very grateful. And I'm not going to say I won't ever work with a big company again, because those big companies have helped me reinvest in my brands, right? Mm -hmm. And and every time, Fumjum has been running for six years and it's been growing without investment or without loans, only because I've been able to manage these two worlds and I've been able to take you know, this amount of money that I've made and put it and back. reinvest into it into yourself. Yeah. People, people will read a headline that will say, okay, this woman started a head wrap company in her studio apartment with $500. But then they don't realize that in order for you to grow, you need money. Any company that you're going to start, you need capital. And yeah. in order for you to consistently grow, you need to keep putting money into it, right? And there's going to be a time, and maybe I am at this time, where I'm thinking I need a lot more money, like, you know, because it's kind of like when you think about signature prints and you think about hiring so many different people, because I really believe in paying people for things, um, <laughs> you need money, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. especially when you're running a ship, you have your own team, you know, the brand is growing constantly. Like the more, the bigger it gets, the more money you need, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to marketing and all of that, like, Branding everything. in itself, like everything. Running the social media, like yeah. the person existing for the shoots, the models, and 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 it's not. It started out as you know, hey guys, I think I want to start this thing because I don't even know if it's a thing because head wrap companies weren't a thing when I was starting. I knew two people who were starting head wraps, right? It right. wasn't market. There was no right. market, so it was just like, hey friends, I think I want to start this thing. Sorry, I don't have any money, but I'll buy you lunch. And then once you know that, okay, oh, it's taking off, you can't just offer people food anymore. No, no, no. You have to, you have to say, okay, this is my budget, right? And, and, and because at the end of the day, you want, if you want to, to start something and you want it to last and you want people to respect you, you have to respect people in their time. And I always say, when you are um, a young black person, a young black creative person and you've decided to step out on your own people will start questioning you and they will start making you want to doubt yourself even more and they will treat what you're doing what the path that you've taken the career that you're trying to build they will take it as a hobby every yeah. time say that's cute but what do you really want to do right, right? I, I'm still at a point where even while I'm growing and I'm still finding myself as this creative person, people are like, I really see what you've done with Fum Jump. It's really cool. But what is the ultimate goal? <laughs> you know, because yeah, that was that was what I was going to ask you next. Like while we're on the topic of, of Fum Jump, um, for those who don't know what Fum Jump means, it's Creole for strong woman, correct? Right. Yes. Fum Jump. Right. I always so. mix up the N and the M and the M and the N, but I got it now. <laughs> um, so it means strong woman. So with that being said, you being the creator of that, 
what is your vision for the future of Bum Jum? You know, and I know you've been doing the work for, you know, in the Haitian community to like push it forward. But now with everything going on, how do you plan to push it forward in solidarity and still be able to um, have a, you know, a, a strong voice within the Haitian community, but also impact the culture uh, further with Bum Jum moving forward? I think for me, I think since what was it i'm more of an action person i don't talk yeah. about like, okay. yeah yeah um I, i'll tell you what we've done i mean since the pandemic started and really affected our lives i know that with fum jam uh in april we raised thousands of dollars and we partnered with a haitian restaurant and donated mm -hmm. over 400 meals to right. local communities in brooklyn this month, we raised about $3,000, and that's because our website is mostly sold out, and we're donating it for we're, the, that, those $3,000 um, for the past week's sales. They're going to providing free therapy for Black girls because we need Amazing. good mental health. Yeah. Um, but Fumjum, from the beginning, has always been about giving back to the community. We've raised tens of thousands of dollars and have sent money that money to different organizations in Haiti. We just have never really been that vocal in talking about, about it. it. It's just been part of the fabric of our company. It's always been for strong women, by strong women, and trying to raise this community. And also because we also, we wanted to show you that women who wear head wraps, specific, specifically black women who wear head wraps, Although we share all of these common things, we're all so different. We have different yeah. styles, we have different stories, we have different backgrounds, but we can still come here and share this sisterhood. So right. we always promote sisterhood. We always promote um, self-love because I thoroughly believe in order for you to be strong, for you to be the backbone of your family, you have to take care of yourself. And we haven't seen those messages enough. So the thing about Fumjum is aside from the photographs that we're taking that are speaking to my five, 10, 15 year old selves, we're also all about messages. You know, hiring black copywriters to write what we're all about. Like all of the, even our new logo now is by a young black artist who got paid exactly what she deserved, you know? So much of what we do is going back to young black creatives, always no right. matter what. And, um, and so that's all I'll say for now, but <laughs> I'm so passionate about Fumjum and not just what it stands for, what we've done and what I know it has the potential to do. And I've been in situations where really big names have come to me to do things with Fumjum and I've declined, not because we're killing it and we're like up there yet. We really have just begun, but because I know that I know what I want Fumjum to be, or at least I know what I don't want it to be. I don't want the clout. I don't, I don't want the name to be so many places and it, it loses its value from what it was intended to be from the beginning. Originally, you know? yeah. Um, right now, I'm really focused on finding the best <laughs> talents. And I don't want to keep saying young because I don't want to sound ageist. I really believe in giving opportunities to all different types of people. I'm always looking to shooting older talents. And I'm, of course, always looking for, you know, to, to partner with 
older people and and but the the reason i keep using young is because as i was starting this i feel like so many people doubted me and part of it was not just because of my race it was also because of my age you know it was just like you're naive you don't know what you're getting into and it is hard i tell people that all the time yeah Sometimes trial and error yeah foul pose position i'm just like this is, today is hard I, i'm just gonna lie and put my face on the floor and like <laughs> put myself in a ball you know um and and then i'll breathe and then i'll be okay you know yeah. Um, it is very hard, but sometimes we need to have people who believe in us and give us chances, and we don't get that often. I, I was reading this thing, and I've always used that example. Whenever you talk to people who are successful in this field, they'll often talk about how they interned for a very long time for free. And the reason it's hard for us to intern for a very long time and still manage to live in the East Village is because we didn't have these resources. If we could yeah. live anywhere, not even the East Village, and intern for free and afford living in a major city, we would all do it. So we have to think about all of the privileges that we've had. And the reason I'm so focused on, on always hiring and bringing freelancers, if I can't hire them full time, is because I believe in them and they need people who believe in them too. Not just saying it, but also paying them. Saying, yeah. listen, you're brilliant. You can actually do this. Here's an opportunity, right. you know? That's what we need. Yeah, that's exactly, I agree with you. Um, and and I think that, you know, the work that you have, bringing it back to Fun Drum, like the work that you've done, even with me, like when I used to live in New York and. You know, I used to be thrilled whenever, you know, you called me to mom or, <laughs> or do whatever. And I'm just like, yes, I really feel like a Haitian queen because I never really wore head wraps um, before, you know, really being introduced to Fum Jung, to be honest. And I, I think that I found a new side of myself that I was, you know, I felt super beautiful and ethnic and connected to my roots. And, you know, us being both from Haiti, I'm just like, oh, yes, I love it. So I just was always an advocate, always um, supported from Jum. Whether you were able to, you know, whatever, pay me or not, I was there because I love the brand. I was there to support. And, and I was like, whatever you need, Paula, you're one of my favorite people. I'll do it. You know, so. Very beginning, I remember Style Crush. I just moved into my little office. I did a video <laughs> of you. I was asking you about um, your your fashion icons. You're talking about you mentioned Rihanna, yeah. and then we did Black History shoot together, mm -hmm. and that was like super last minute. My friend Aaron shot that. It was everyone was wearing all black. It was really cold, really cold day. But it was the shoot was fire. I mean, we still use yeah. it till this day. Like, I just got tagged no, in every I, other day. I, I go back. I go back. I mean, we've also been not been able to shoot new content, right? So yeah. I posted one of them the other day where we were all walking, or I think we were all standing like this. Standing straight up. Uh, and um, my friend Aaron shot that. I remember Tyler was there. Uh, well, he. I don't know. We weren't married then, but I remember him getting hot chocolate. He was there. <laughs> He was there. He was there. A lot of us were there. Going back in time with some of these shoots, because some of them were like in different situations where that day was cold, 
I remember like people were freezing, but everyone was like there for the cause. But then there are some shoots where like, I feel like not only was it cold and I've gone through an, um, like an extreme amount of um, like planning, you know, like I like it's a lot of planning. Things don't go as right as, as planned. And then, you know, we, you still make it happen. Yeah. We and were then, all just there to just, you know, we were going rolling with the punches, you know? It, just it rolling with the punches. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Uh, it was like, a lot. But, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, she let me keep this head wrap. I was, I'm still obsessed with that black um, head wrap with the black dots. Somebody got my face tatted on their leg I, with that I, shot. I was like, what? <laughs> In they sent it to me. Yeah. 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 yeah, so I'm like this new woman when I, you know, when I wear a head wrap, I rotate the same, you know, five that I have, but still, like, you know, yeah. whenever I'm ready to like bring that side out, it works. So thank you well, for I'm, just. I'm, I'm I'm so happy you wore it. I feel like yeah. a lot of people have never worn head wraps when, um, before they came across me or yeah. come jump, um, and that was one of my bigger things when I was starting it. I was like why am I doing this? I always ask myself this question before I do anything. Like, what's why the real doing this here? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this, right? Um, and the reason I started, I mean, there are a lot of events that led up into it, but I think one of the final things was when this woman just stopped me once in Harlem. I was walking down Frederick Douglass, and I came from a... Like, I, I think I was just, like, on a break because I used to manage these restaurants. And it was a long day. I was like, it's going to be a long day. And I think I was going back home to pick up something. And I was wearing a head wrap. And this woman stopped me. And she was like, it was 2013. And she was like, where did you get this from? And I was like, huh? And I remember at that time, it, I mean, I guess you could call it a head wrap. But I literally just had fabric. I had fabric and I did something. Yeah. Right. And she was like, where'd you get your head wrap? And I was like, uh, it's fabric. And she was like, okay. Like she really gave me that weird look. Like, like, you know, when sometimes you ask someone like, where'd you get your dress from? And they're right. like, I, so she gave me that look. Like I wasn't telling her the truth. And I was like, no, seriously, that I just went, you know, and I got fabric and I wrapped it. She was just like, tied it up. Yeah. Kept going. Um, and then I remember going back home and I said, I asked myself, I was like, can I start something? Because people were asking me all the time and it, it just became, I feel like head wraps just became part of my personal style back then in 2013. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I was known as the tall lady with the head wrap and <laughs> So, and, but I was only wearing African prints then, or just random scarves that I've gotten from, um, thrift stores. They were all different shapes and sizes. And so I got home and I said, would I be able to start a head wrap company? Yeah. And I said, no, that's not possible. It definitely exists somewhere. Like, no, but it doesn't make any sense. And I said, but what if I were to start? Um, who would buy it? And I would go, well, maybe people who've never worn head wraps before, like this lady who stopped me. I, I'm talking to myself, literally. Um, and then I said, but what about people who wear head wraps? They would just like 
think it's ridiculous. Like, why would I start a head wrap company when I already I think wear it's a, I think it's how you wear them and how you style them is what's made it more like, oh, I want to look like that or I want to do that too, you know, versus just putting it in a bun or, you know what I mean? There, you have so many different styles. I think a lot of styles. I feel like yeah. every, every, to me, I feel like the head wrap is either the statement or compliments a look or both, right? Or both, and yeah. Depending on the style, like you can give so much with different head wraps for different occasions. Um, but when I asked myself that, and, and, and that's when Fum Jum came up immediately, I think the name came up right away because I was like, how do I want women to feel when they wear my head wraps? And then I, I, would, I asked myself, I was literally writing them and I was like, what, how do you feel when you wear a head wrap? I wrote tall, I wrote confident, and I wrote strong. And I was like, Fum Jum. And I was like, no, people will not know how to pronounce that. Stop it. You're just making your life e like harder. I'm literally having these conversations with myself in my little tiny studio apartment. So I decided to write my husband. My He was my boyfriend then, or maybe fiance. I don't know, but I was yeah. scared. I told him, I was like, I think I'm going to start my own company. And I think I wrote him this email at like two in the morning and he was training in Austin. We live in Austin now, but he was training in Austin and he wrote me back and he was like, I think you can do whatever you want. And that's all I needed. I was like, and that's okay. all you needed. So yes. I was like, I went, in, I went in my bin. I swear, like I relive this moment in my head all the time just because Pumjum has come <laughs> so far, right? I went and I had a little um, ottoman with a lid I purchased from Target, I think. It was like a little dingy brown ottoman I used to keep all my scarves in. I lifted it up and I started picking them all in and I started putting all of them on the floor. And I was like, this is going to be harder than I thought because all my scarves were different sizes. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to start something and have all these different sizes. Yeah. So I went in. The next day, I was like, I'm getting fabric. So I went in my, I went to get fabric and I was like cutting the fabrics. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I can't have a small, because I was, I had limited space. Yeah. And I was like, I need a shape and a size that can like style different ways for different women because not every person is going to wear the head wrap the same way. Yeah. That's like, that was in my head. So I would spend, I think I spent the following few weeks before I even had the first photo shoot, literally playing in the mirror with the damn fabrics. Like I was like, oh, okay, I can do this twist here. I can do this here. Oh, I can wrap it here. Cause I knew people were gonna ask me. Yeah, how right? do I do it? How do I wrap it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right, because before when I was wearing them in 2012, 2010, I would just do whatever, right? And not think about it. And And then I was like, in order for me to start this thing, I have to actually be able to help people. Yeah. So I think that's when fashion really started to become a thing because that's when I started going, not being invited to the shows at Lincoln Center then because no one cared who I was. I wasn't a fashion insider. I remember sitting there and literally looking at all the stylish people and saying, can I have a head rough for her? Can I have a head wrap for her eventually? I'm talking about the woman with like an ivory suit, head to like monochromatic yeah. look, yes. like, you yeah. know, like a plaid head wrap could go with this person, like a silk. Then you started getting more inspired to come up with different right. patterns. And yeah. Opened it more because before we just had African prints, right? And, and it's kind of crazy how you could, like, people. 
get married. I mean, I got married and my head wrap, and then I removed it and had the bald cut, the the low cut, the buzz cut. But but people like show up in so many different occasion to so many different occasions wearing the head wraps, and that's what I wanted from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know it would actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what and I mean? it's flourishing right before everyone's eyes who knows Fum Jump from like the beginning. You know, beginning. it's like, still flourishing, and it's really beautiful to see. Like we met at Shake Shack for that we, Black History. For, yep, we were at Shake Shack. Uh, always on the pier. Yeah. Everyone who stepped out and who I don't know if it, if it's just because you guys just believed in me or you just thought the head wrap was cool, whatever it was. I mean, it was from the pop ups, you know. Like, you know, I followed you on Instagram, and I know you had used to have your pop ups, and I used to be so excited. Me and Day would like get dressed and come to the pop ups. I'm like, oh my god, like I want her to like actually. Put <laughs> put it on my head and like show me how to do it like it was a whole thing you know um I went to as many pop-ups as I could and that was just a way that I was able to like you know even connect with you and I think I told you like I wanted to model for you I don't know what it was but I was like if you ever need anyone like I'm here you know and I think that's how that started um me just attending I believe one of your first pop-ups in, in Soho so I'm gonna flip it on you real quick I am so proud of you Thank you. Done. Because you said you came to my pop ups and I want to I don't know who's watching this right now, but show up places. <laughs> like, yeah. Show up. Yeah. And how walking into a room in person, I mean now it's a little hard, but yeah. You guys don't understand how much that can do to you, not just and your career, because I want you to always approach every situation. To me, authenticity and, and for things to flow naturally is what I always look for, right? Yeah. I don't want y'all to always show up to a room saying, I'm just going to show up and be seen, right? No. But have an intention, so have an intention, yeah. Right, right. And, and, and if you want something, and I can tell you right now, I definitely would not be where I am, although it's hard to, it's so weird to say, right? But I've shown up in so many rooms before I started from Jum and after I started from Jum, when I was curious about something, when you're curious about something, when you have questions, yeah. when you think someone, and you don't just show up and just like, hey, like, because I remember when you first walked in my pop-up, I remembered because I was, um, my really good friend Cax was there, um, and Al was there, Al was there, and I remember you walked in, and I, I don't remember exactly what you were wearing, but whatever you were wearing, I was like, holy, I was like, <laughs> who's that? They were like, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, to you, and I said, hey, how yeah. are you? And um, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I just remembered, um, I just know that generally, when I invite people in my space, and, and I, I think it's because sometimes I can seem very extroverted, but I'm really not that extroverted. And because I'm just really, I really do think when I have a pop-up, I try to speak to literally everyone. Yeah. I want everyone to feel special um, because it means a lot to me that they're there. But often if I take a small group of people in my presence and I say, hey, here's my space and this is what I do, it's because I truly believe in them or whatever it is that first impression um, really got me, right? Yeah. And, and I remembered the first impression I got when I saw you. 
And then, of course, I started following you in your journey. And you've, you've just kept showing up into rooms. And this is why you are where you are. Thank and you I, and so I have much for saying that. That this is not even the beginning for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's constantly unfolding, you know? It's just part of a journey. It's, it's, yeah. kinda, it's not like you get to a place and that's it. And I think that's why I love becoming so much. Yeah. And I love listening to Michelle Obama talk yeah. so much, that book. But she's like, I was this before I married Barack Obama. And I am I am still evolving, you know? And I don't think there's ever a place where you're like, oh, okay, I've made it and that's it and things get no. less. Because even there's when you get there, whatever that is, you're going <laughs> to continue to go somewhere else or want more, right. or, you know? So it's just going right. to continue to just unfold. And that's the beautiful thing about life. Even in this time, so much has, so many great things has come out of such a dark time. You know, it's, it's even pushing us as creatives and entrepreneurs to, you know, um, do more to get our voice heard. I feel, you know, to, to educate ourselves more, to do more research, to uh, create initiatives, to, be, you know, launch campaigns, you know, just for our community. And, and it's crazy that it has to come to this, you know, to, to get us to want to put more effort into being heard more. But I think that's just how things were, you know, destined to be. Um, so while we're on, on that topic, it's what, what does like being a black woman, because now it's, you know, it's all about not just all black lives matter, not just black lives matter, but, you know, the black women and like trans and, mm -hmm. and everything. So what does being a black woman um, not only in fashion, but, but overall mean to you in America? Mean to you, you know what really got me down recently? It, it's Toyin's death, um, yeah. the young who passed recently. And I've been thinking a lot about her yesterday and today. Yeah. And this is someone who survived abuse and who was running away from home because she felt unsafe there and was sleeping in a church and she was 19 years old. She just graduated from high school, who got physically, sexually harassed or abused, and then ended up dead. But she was also someone who was fighting for Black people's lives. And I feel like Black women in general, no matter how much we are suffering, we are always fighting for everyone. We're always trying to see if someone's eaten, if someone is okay, no matter how much we are hurting inside. And there is a clip of her speaking where she's mentioning the trans man who was killed recently, Tony McDay. Yeah. Yeah. And she was so full of life and so passionate. And she talks about not wanting to be silenced and she's there at the front lines fighting while she is battling so many things herself. Yeah. And when I think of her, I literally think of black women everywhere. everywhere. There are so many black women who are going through so much and or who have gone through so much and they still continue to show up and fight no matter what. And it's hard for you to want to do anything else because it's kind of like you tell yourself, okay, we've come this far, 
we can't stop here because we're here because everyone else before us was doing the work, right? right. And we're at the point where, I don't know, there. I'm still very reluctant with all of what I'm seeing right now. I, yeah. I, I just want to change at the end of the day. Yes, okay, do I have a thousand new brands in my DMs and emails? Yes, I do. What does that really do for the black community? <laughs> right? Um, yeah. <laughs> do I have people who, like, I don't know, a, a really big brand once approached me recently and wanted me to do something like a huge brand. I'm just not putting everyone out there. And they were like, we're thinking we wanted to do this paid collaboration with you for Juneteenth. And I was like, no. No. Like, I use my face or my likeness and yeah to no it's not okay at all down pause and pay me and that just seems really wrong you know and of course you know they apologized and they were like yeah we don't we're sorry we shouldn't have brought it up but the thing is we really just want for young women like toy right to wake up feeling safe to wake up feeling like they have a fair chance at life and to not end up dead at 19. That's what we really want. Um, so that's what it feels like to be a black woman right now. Yeah, that it is. actually feels a little uncertain. Like, I think, I think as black women, we're still trying to um, figure out where, what our place is and, and, and have it deep rooted for other people to um, understand that and, and agree with us on that, you know, um, in this world, like just, just really be grounded. And cause as a black woman, you know, in the black community, you know, we're, we're fighters, we're strong, you know, all those things, but for everyone else, you know, we're, we're aggressive, we're loud, we're all these, uh, negative connotations to just we're who angry. we are being confident. And just I am tired of this angry nonsense. Yeah. Of course we're angry. Why wouldn't we be angry? I remember growing up, I tried to be everything but all of these stereotypical adjectives, right? And now, the more I know, why wouldn't we be angry, though? Why not? Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. right? We should be angry, as should be everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I think when I, I talk about these things, I, I talk about these things with my father-in-law. It's really funny because... I mean, he's an older white guy, right? And I'm just like, and and he is someone who's been advocating for mental health care, for people in different communities, marginalized communities. And so I feel like I can talk to him about those things. And, and I don't know, like, I, I don't feel better talking about them because I feel like we've had so much bottled inside of us that we, you know, the amount of people coming out now talking about their experiences in fashion and in different industries, the fact that we've been silent all of these years because we've just become so immune or numb to Immune to it, yeah. yeah. We're like, yeah, this happens, you know, this happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's so many, we have stories for days. For days. You know? And it's like, and I think yeah. now I feel like since we, we have control of the narrative or now that everyone's talking about it, we feel like, okay, now we can all come together and speak about it versus before it's just, 
you know, it's like passive. It's like, oh yeah, we're used to this because we're black. Yeah, and like, it's like, no. And we would mention it and we'd be like, mm hmm yep, yeah, it's happening again. And then yeah. we'd brush it. Yeah. Even and working, like, when I saw that, you know, people were coming out speaking about, you know, their experience at Vogue. Like, I used to work at Vogue. You know, I worked in special events. And, <laughs> you know, my, my desk was right outside of Anna Wintour's office, you know. But it, there's so many times where I'd say good morning and she does not acknowledge me, you know. Um, but then someone else would come up and say good morning, the opposite race, and it would she would acknowledge them. And I'm just like, I don't get that. I'm going to still say good morning because it's polite. Like, I don't care. I'll get on her nerves, you know? I and it's just like, good, I have a good friend who was the same way. Um, she's the model, and she worked for a really well-known company um, that sold luxury goods downtown uh, New York. And the woman who owned that company every time she said hello to her would completely ignore ignore her and it's like am i not I, am i not good I, enough to say good morning or what is that about like what is that you know i never understood like, it but you're beneath me you're yeah. here like don't talk to me you know yeah. like they hear you yeah yeah and yeah. it's crazy and how like these companies sorry. now are are you know trying to be more outspoken and you know, and, and come out with these solidarity posts and like, like that's supposed to make us feel better. And it's like, no, we want action. What are you going to do? You know, whether it's a corporate brand, you know, whether we're, we're working in corporate or whether we're creatives, entrepreneurs that team up with different brands. Like now I'm really trying to be more cognizant about, you know, these brands that I decide to even speak to partner with who I spend my money with, you know, and all these things. But it's like, it's like, are you kidding me? Like this post doesn't mean anything. What are the action plans? What are you going to do? You know, I feel like, you know, Jordan brand had um, dedicated a hundred, I think it was a hundred million dollars for the next 10 years, um, you know, to, to start creating initiatives and, and keeping, you know, black you know, people in mind and, and, and what they're putting out there. And I think I like that idea because I think that if you don't have at least a 10 year plan, you know, it's just going to go back to normal. I think that we need some type of, you know, confirm action step that's going to take place to even make us feel comfortable with wanting to further partner or, or you know, um, create with certain brands or companies or work with certain brands or companies. And you being a creative influencer, um, you know, what do you think that, what do you think the new direction for that should be? You know, you said you had all these brands reaching out to you, which I'm sure I mean, you're not... Now I have this contract with a big cosmetics brands and I a brand and I still owe them posts and I told them I'm not posting anything until I saw something that made sense to you. Yeah, whatever action because the black square they posted were not enough. The that other enough. they made was not enough, and I told mm -hmm. my agent that. Yeah, you know, it's completely behind it. So. Yeah with me right now and and even for this month like honestly you know um being asked to do things um um like i had a i have this ongoing thing going on with i'll even say it um with Luxitan because i am one of their ambassadors and we've been working with them for a year i love long-term relationships because yeah. i want if I, I want you to i want to know that you really want me there and you're I'm right. not just here for a month and then you use my face and then you try to like repost me again. 
no, like what's happening? And so they're one of my partners. And as soon as this started, you know, this conversation started happening, I messaged my contact right away. And immediately they said, yes, we hear you. This is how much we're donating and this is what we're doing. And these are the people that I want to continue to promote. Yeah. You know, these are the people who are, if I say, you know, um, I think it would be really great to, like I, I was telling you about um, this, the organization that provides the free therapy for black girls. If I, if I pitch that and you're all for that, then that's amazing, right? Yeah. Because there are so many things. I feel like when I started Fumjum, I had opportunities to have investors, but I didn't want Fumjum to not be black owned. Right. <laughs> like, like, I want to control everything about Fumjum. Because if that was the case, I literally could have started any other kind of brand. Right. Right. Um, and I think right now what we need more are people to, um, we need mentorship. Like, I feel like, young black creatives um when they show up it's not like it's not that they lack um work ethic or talent or discipline we, we lack just, visibility we lack resources we need the resources yeah. that's what yeah. we want yeah so with anything else okay you could donate money how about ways to provide resources for people to thrive right us how to fish we all want your fish right, right. And, and we already have an idea or provide help help provide that fishing rod yeah <laughs> I'm just saying, we need resources than more than anything else yeah we're already and behind as a race so you when know? you talk so... about experience to work a place and we don't mm -hmm. we don't have anywhere to find experience yeah. So how are we going to get that experience, you know? Yeah. And a lot of us, we're so hungry that we teach ourselves things. Not only do we come out of college with tens of thousands of dollars of student loans, and then we go and we teach ourselves things, and then we actually become good at what we do, and we still don't get the opportunities. Yeah. Right? And so what if we could get that internship? <laughs> You know, what if we could get, you know, um, whatever opportunity that so many other people are getting, even if, you know, a brand said, hey, we, we, we will give you an internship because honestly, most black people can't afford an unpaid internship. But if a brand said, hey, um, so-and-so is amazing and could actually get into this internship what if we paid for like room and board for that person as well right because yeah. because when you're thinking talking about and you know and i've had friends you know who work for major brands and who were doing internships and who were also living in the east village but their parents were paying for their housing we're yeah. talking about kids here um who when they graduate college or maybe they don't their options are to help out at home. Like they can't even start from fresh. Like they have to help out at home, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and we're always taught, okay, help 
help each other, help our community, and we never come first. And one of the things that Michelle Obama, I always bring her up because I read the book and then I went on her little tour and her conference, oh, talked about oxygen masks first. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she used that analogy. She said, oxygen mask on for you first. Like, learn how to take care of yourself, first. get an education, do whatever it is, then you can go and help everyone else, right? But we're always, we've always been taught, you're gonna help, help everyone, everyone else and leave us last, yeah. Right, whether you have things or not. So we're coming out of school with debt, we're helping out our families, we're trying to survive, and you still expect us to come and show up for an unpaid internship in order to get experience, to get the job. To get the job, it makes no That's sense. That's where the gap yeah. is. It's not that we don't mm -hmm. wanna do it, it's just that we literally cannot afford it. Yeah. And and I'm at the point, you know, Zuli's going to live a very different life from me, yeah. right? Where I've had to work three jobs in college. I've had to do so many things where Zuli will be one of the privileged kids who will probably not have to work three jobs in college and who will probably come out of college without student loans. will know that whatever is happening because she doesn't have student loans is because she is privileged. It's because, it's because now she needs to take that and live the rest of her life knowing that she doesn't have to do that because most people will have to do that. Right. And I feel like a lot of people are being raised without knowing. They think privilege is a bad thing. As a black woman, I'm privileged in a lot of ways. And the more we f figure out how our privilege work, the more we can be better for society in general, right? right? And a lot of these brands and a lot of these a lot of people who approach me to work with me, they think, okay, so Paula is at this, this stage now. She's a black woman. She appears to be successful. She has nothing to complain about because clearly she started from a very um, fair and equal um, way. She started just like me. And that's not the case at all. And I feel like in general, it's unfair to the entire black race in general to compare what everyone is going through to just a few people who appear to be successful who, who or who are, right? And I, I use successful in quotation marks. I, I think right now I'm, I'm happy with my life, but again, in terms of what I want to accomplish in my career, um, I haven't really started. I haven't. And I'm not saying that as a way to brag because there are things to me that matter more than things that are printed, right? Or written down because at the end of the day, I go to bed with myself, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know what I have done, you know? I know what makes me happy. Um, but I really do think at the end of the day, what I really wish for younger black creative people are to just receive more opportunities and also have spaces truly welcome them. That's what we need. We need and, to feel and, welcome. Yeah. All right. Feel welcome. And, and, not, and, and when they show up to those places, not feel like they're only there for a specific reason. They're there because they're good. 
They're there because they deserve to be there. They're there because they're enough, right? Um, so yeah, that's what I have, really. Yeah, I mean, with all that being said, I mean, there's this conversation can literally go on and on because there's so much to cover, but we have limited time with three minutes left. So if you have questions, yeah, do, do we have any? If you guys have a question, put it in the question box so that we can ask Paola before she gets off. But um, my last question for you, before I go into a little fire exchange where that I like to do with my guests where Ooh. I say this or that, and then you pick that or that. Um, so one last question is, um, what do you believe your power comes from? I think my power comes from all the things that were meant to break me, but only made me stronger. Yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And which, and which defines bum jump again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're going through those things, you really do think that you're voiceless and you're not good enough. And then once you've survived them, you know, with work and with time, you'll realize that you're much bigger than them. Yeah. And um, someone said, what do you wish to see more in the black community? I think we kind of touched that though. Yeah. I think we, we covered that, just more resources, more. Yeah. Um, but are they asking, what do I wanna see more within the black community? Because, I've only been surrounding myself with the things I want to see in the black community. So I might be in a bubble because I've, I've seen people work together, uplift each other, yeah, um, show up. And all we need now are more opportunities. More opportunities, more resources. Agreed. Okay. Diving into this fire exchange. Zook or Kompa? Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't want... I'll I'll go with Kompa. I'll go with Kompa. Yeah. Okay. And for those who don't know, Kompa is like a form of Haitian. I mean, Kompa music. is Haitian. Yeah. All the okay. way. And I'm Haitian all the way. And I'm not saying that just because, but the Kompa I listened to back when I was growing up in Haiti, I definitely say that. Yeah. I don't keep I don't keep up with new things anymore. And I've become more of a, I don't know if you know who Belo is. Bello, no. Bello is a Haitian singer. He does like a lot of like his music is all in Creole, mostly in Creole. Yeah. Um, but I feel like his um his sounds are like acoustic the roots and reggae. Oh. And I feel like really like listening to him and people like him and less of Compa because after a few songs it gets really repetitive to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I always like the little, it reminds me of like my dad, dancing with my dad back home, yeah. So, but Belo is definitely one of my favorite musicians ever. And I always like promote his music. I remember I discovered him in college. Um, I was sweeping, it was like after a rough night. Of... And what is it? Belo? B-E-L-L-O? -L -L yeah. B-E-L-L-O. Yeah. I'm going to look him up. Album. Yeah. Haiti um, Leve, I think. That was his first album. He has a few out. It made me cry. Aww, and I've had like really big 
not big plans, just plans in general to go back to Haiti to continue to work in Haiti and do things without speaking too much about them. And I feel like whenever I feel discouraged and I want to like get that motivation back, I listen to his music because he's such a refreshing voice. Well, you know what? Yeah. You're a refreshing voice and you're a beautiful person and a beautiful woman. They're going to cut us off in five seconds. I love yeah. you. Thank you for being here, Paola. Thank you. Mwah, thank you.